0: What's up? Wow, you made it before Harrison. Look at the things I got.
1: Let what are you, are you talking?
0: Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me?
1: What's up, Harrison? What up? I can't hear Jacob. You can't hear me? What's going on with my computer? Yeah, I can hear you. Hey, what up, Tate? All right. What's up, man? Jake, can you hear me now? Can you hear me I, now? I can see your lips moving, but I can't hear you. I can hear tape. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> what the fuck? Can
0: you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
2: Do you think he just has to plug a man, or what?
0: Well, I know how to do this. It's just not working. What the fuck? <laughs> I
2: can see his lips moving.
0: I'm going to freak yeah, out.
1: <laughs> Harrison, let me know if you can hear this. <clears throat> oh, Can you hear that? Oh,
2: yeah. Now oh, you're nice. calling me. Can you hear me now?
1: Oh, yeah. Whoa. Well, no, no you're dumb. Dumb, dumb. That's, That's through, through my, my phone. phone.
2: I can hear him. I can hear
1: him.
0: Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I muted <laughs> myself. My can you hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> now?
1: Oh, I can hear First that. Time recording?
0: I, oh, <laughs> my God. Okay, so I muted myself, so you cannot, cannot hear me through, me through no my mic, mic right?
1: right? I hear you now. That's,
0: That's through, through my phone, phone you moron. You moron. <laughs> can you hear me now? One more time. Can you hear me now? Yeah. You can. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's through my mic now. You're you're good. I guess.
1: (laughs) True professional. (laughs) The fuck was that? (laughs) That's called a Tate and Harrison prank, right there, brother.
0: (laughs) You've been able to hear me the whole time. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just watch you tweak out. Oh my god, that was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Harrison texted me like 10, 15, probably like 20 minutes ago, and he was just like, hey, do you wanna prank Jacob with me? And I was like, yes.
2: (laughs) And a name on the
0: front
3: is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like
2: I'm taking crazy pills! But it ain't about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can get hit
3: and keep moving forward. Wham, sap. first try, why so serious? He's a fast killer. I love the smell of night pump in the
0: morning. I'm a freakin' pump! I'm a drinkin' green tea all goddamn day!
2: I don't know, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs>
0: Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Good Day for a Movie podcast. I'm Jacob, and I am joined, as always, by Sage fuck, and Tate. Fuck,
1: fuck. Oh, Julie. Shit. <laughs> there it was.
0: There we go. The, the crickets would have been helpful there. Hello, Tate. Damn shit. Uh, what's up? <laughs> I <wish> I <laughs> this is top a of that. shit show. <laughs> I wish I was on you top just of that. pranked me, and by you guys, Sage is obviously not here. We'll get into that in a second. But Harrison. Story. Harrison, our our friend Harrison is here.
2: My babies, I am <laughs> in the virtual room. <laughs>
0: we can hear your chair move. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I don't mind background noise.
1: For a little background about who Harrison is. He's one of our best friends growing up. All went to junior high and high school together. So this is a This is a little family bonding time.
2: This is like a a real movie critic joining. So I'm I'm happy to grace this podcast with my opinions. Well, we are
0: very happy to have you. Uh, It was our plan all along to have you, but our original plan was to have four of us and Sage is not here. Do we want to HIPAA violation him?
2: I'm pretty pissed off that Sage isn't
1: here. Well, mostly (laughs) because it's such a funny story. So... Little background. Sage went to Tomorrowland in Europe to party his butt off and at the airport, I guess, like just before he's going to get on his flight back, he had to take a COVID test. Turns out he's positive. So he had to change his flight and stay for an extra week. But he, because of that, is missing this podcast. So pretty funny. I did send him an invite. He does not have his laptop with him. Bummer.
0: I was hoping he may have and could have just popped on. I know when he saw it, but
1: I also I picked this
2: fun. movie specifically well, for a bunch of different reasons. But one of the reasons I was like, oh, this is going to get Sage all riled up.
1: So <laughs> well, and he did say he was going to watch it, but I really want to hear his thoughts on it. Whoa, what was that sound? Let's
2: hear that you, Like spaceship.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, where, where was that? that? It was crazy. Uh, Brazil, we're already in it. Um, (laughs) he did say he is gonna watch it but i need to hear his thoughts on it because we've we've all already seen it um we'll get into that on the other side but and real quick harrison before we get into your movie pick we have our our questions for you jacob do you want to go first
0: okay so my question is kind of a three-parter but it's all the same question
1: what have you
0: learned about tate sage and myself from the past 103 episodes of us doing it have you learned anything new about us
2: um hmm that's a great question i've learned that <laughs> you're all terrible at giving stars
0: <laughs> we don't well yeah we don't give stars
2: ratings whatever like yeah, one of you is like they? top tier <laughs> and then usually sage is just like an absolute <laughs> cynic and is like this is terrible and someone's in the middle ground i guess hey maybe that's good for reviews no, um, but, yeah. No, I, I've learned a lot about you guys' movie choices. I think going into it, I was like, yeah, all of us are good friends. We all watch the same movies. And it's kind of funny when you get into, like, a 100-plus movies, how, like, almost niche you can find each other's preferences. Because yeah. <laughs> now I see, like, when I read your titles, like, I already know, oh, that's a Tate movie. Or, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's a Sage movie, you know? So... That was pretty fun.
1: All right, time to start shaking that one up a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to start picking my old my old westerns.
0: He's, Tate is incapable of shaking up his... He's going to be like, this is going to be the most unpredictable pick ever, and then we're going to be like, yeah, no, we saw that one coming.
1: And then it's going to be like an art <laughs> <Our> house anime. <laughs> um, all right, my question for you is pretty easy. Would you rather shake or bake?
2: Dude. <laughs> Shake and bake, baby. Your boy's bacon.
1: Let's your boy's go. bacon. Just got a little shake <laughs> and bake. <bacon.
0: laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a terrible Ooh. question, <laughs> Harrison. What would you consider to be like your typical favorite movies to be? Like the type of movies, not necessarily like specific ones, but like what genre? Or
2: I love actiony movies, but like really in-depth storytelling. So things that have like a a large lore behind it, maybe, you know, I'm not as much into mission impossible action movie as much as I'm into like, you know, maybe a Lord of the Rings type. It's like an action fantasy adventure, fantasy adventure. Maybe that's a fantasy adventure. I like, I like having a fun story to follow.
0: (laughs) Okay. I like it. All right. Well, you have picked a bizarre movie. Um, one that I have never heard of. Why don't you go ahead and introduce it and tell us why and how and.
2: My movie is <laughs> Brazil, which is a 1985 film by Terry Gilliam. I don't really know. Fun fact: He's part of uh, the what do you, what do you
3: Troop? call him?
2: True. Yeah, Monty Python. Like, so he was part of yeah. those guys that created all those Monty Python. But uh, super bizarre um movie that's you know compared to uh 1984 type dystopian stuff but the long story is it's uh or made short is that it's my my wife's dad was like this is my favorite movie and they watched it and it was super <laughs> random and so i was like i gotta bring this on the pod and it uh i guess was huge in like europe and then just did not do well in the u.s for maybe reasons we'll get into later um, but it's a pretty crazy pretty crazy movie with a lot of faces that um you'll recognize but they're all really young like mm-hmm. um once i was scrolling through a list i was like oh my gosh these are all famous people
1: so wait, yeah you got european movie it's like a british movie uh, yeah oh, is yeah terry, like it's is british. terry gillam a brit well he
0: was one of the no actually he's not he was born in um um, he was born in Minnesota, Medicine Lake, Minnesota.
2: But, but I think Monty Python's like a yes, British yeah. like,
0: yes, it is. Um so this stars Jonathan Price, Robert De Niro, Ian Holm, uh Bob Hoskins, Jim Broadbent, uh Peter Vaughn. There's a couple of Game of Thrones connections in here. There's a Harry Potter connection, Lord of the Rings yeah crazy cast of like oh like you're old now and like (laughs) boomers (laughs) um but yes it was directed by terry gilliam uh a bureaucrat in a dystopic society becomes an enemy of the state as he pursues the woman of his dreams all right we'll see you on the other side
3: Do you wake from your finest fantasy only to return to your daily nightmare? Is your mother about to look younger than you do? Does the woman of your dreams I love you. In my dreams, I love you. still have a few doubts? Then it's time to take a stand. Break out of your dull, humdrum life and into Brazil. You're so pleased you can make it right this way. It's about flights of fantasy and the nightmare of reality. We're all in this together. Terrorist bombings. I don't think it involves anything unsavory. Don't trust me, Jack and late night shopping. Please, please. Ah. True love. You don't trust me? Trust you? Trust you? The man who hijacks my truck, loses me my job, has every security man in town looking for me? Of course I'm I trust you. i only trying to help. Yeah. And creative plumbing. There's a problem. Can you fix it? No, I can't. From Terry Gilliam, director of Time Bandits, Jonathan Price. Uh. Sam, what are we going to do with him? Robert De Niro. I came into this game for the action, the excitement. Go anywhere, travel light, get in, get out, wherever there's trouble, a man alone. Katherine Hellman and Michael Palin. We've always been close, haven't we? Yes, Jack. Until this all blows over, just stay away from me. Brazil. It's only a state of mind. We're all in it together, kid.
2: wait are we live is this live we no. are. oh what when do we when do we jump back in and... oh
0: no wait okay so are we talking yes. about the movie yet? yes we're we talking about like... the movie yes, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was funny, yes. Like... <laughs> i didn't yes. know if we were like brainstorming some <laughs> planning <laughs> or if we're talking about no we
0: obviously for
1: it. let's go baby. we
0: obviously do not Brainstorm.
1: Well and I like how I'm confusing ready. Let's talk it is ducks Because right off the bat, like when you said are we live? I was like, yes. And Jacob was like, no. And so that probably made it ten times more confusing. Well, because
0: live is like yeah. has an actual meaning of like, Are we live broadcasting?
1: Bro. <laughs> but I was just like, Yes.
0: I I thought you saw something that was like live that said live on the screen. And I was like, Holy shit, I don't think so. I would like to start this off by talking about ducks
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we have to
3: address the ducks. Yes. Naturally.
0: That was a very fitting beginning to this movie. Tate has no idea what we're talking about. What
3: the
1: fuck?
0: D-U-C-T-S, not Sco ducks
1: Oh, Oh, Ducks. Yes. He just got it. I was like, Ducks, what the fuck? Ducks. Ducks. I know. I was like, where were the Ducks at? ducks are your
0: ducts old? And I thought he was going to say, like, sticking out of your wall. And he's like, get some new ones that are still sticking out of your wall.
2: <laughs> I, like, I did.
0: Yes. So, okay, before we get into, like, movie details besides the ducts, um, I would like everybody's initial reactions, Tate.
1: Oh, man. Oh, God. This movie is fucking weird. Uh, I think that's my immediate reaction. I don't know if I – I think I liked it. I definitely didn't, like, love it. But I definitely it made me uh, happy. It made me laugh. It made me like I enjoyed watching it. But it was just fucking weird as shit. But I, yeah, I don't know. Kind of liked it, but made a had a weird plot. Had some weird things going on. So yeah, that was my initial initial reaction.
0: I I agree. I do not. I don't really know what my initial reaction is. I just finished it right before we hopped on here. Um, it was definitely weird um and like i i don't know what they were going for you know what i mean like I, I i don't understand the purpose of this movie like was it just supposed to be like a straight up dystopian i know that i got kind of in trouble with this for shell and soccer but like was this supposed to be like a dystopian movie like just straight up drama like sci-fi thing or was it supposed to be like drama sci-fi like parody like some of those like movies that came out at the time too you know what i mean because like it Depending on what it is, it frames it in like a different way. Like, is when I saw who Terry Gilliam was and I looked at his filmography, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be some sort of parody, something along the lines of Money Python." But I don't know if it is. Which I don't. Which I don't even know which way it hurts it. But it's just a, the way to frame the discussion, I suppose.
2: Harrison. All right. My initial reaction was like, "That was so bizarre. I had no idea what was going on." at any given point in the movie i had no idea if it was ending if it had another hour like what the hell is going on and it made me just like want to think about it so much more and so i thought it was super weird i don't think i would have watched this on (laughs) like if (laughs) i had seen a commercial for it i would have been like yo i gotta see this so i'm uh shout out to mike frank for getting me to watch this movie (laughs) um but I will also say that I finished this a little bit ahead of Jacob and I have done a little bit of research on, um, the director and, and stuff. And it is just fascinating. It's just so, so bizarre.
1: <laughs> what are the, what are some of the things you, cause I didn't really look many things up about this. I watched it last night, so I haven't looked anything up today, but, um, like, was there anything interesting that you saw about that? Like that, uh, it is, is relatable to something that we saw in this movie
2: um so i watched actually someone was like interviewing the director and they you know everyone talking about how it's like dystopian and totalitarian and oh yeah that's also an initial thought was like we sh- feels like a movie we should have watched in like high school yeah. like this feels so ib <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah. into this um but yeah it feels super totalitarian whatever and the director was like, yo, like it, it's supposed to be, but it's also supposed to be like funny okay. and like supposed to like make you think, but also make you laugh at how like crazy some of these things are. Um, and then something else he, he mentioned that I found was like super interesting is he describes it being a film that's in the past, present and future. And he I'm talks about, about how like they dress in like 40s attire and drive little cars from the 50s, but have like, I don't know, like futuristic stuff too. And, mm-hmm. and and I thought that was like a super unique take on it because, right, like it, I don't know how many years it is past whenever they film this, like 40 years. <laughs> it's, like it's not the future, but it is still like makes you think. I don't know. I think it makes it more relevant no matter like what time if you're watching it
1: really interesting to think back now like i kind of if i ever re it someday i'm gonna think about that like the past present and future and how it shows up in it because like the only one that stands out to me as of right now is well i didn't even think about the cars um but the the armor that he wore in his dream with like the wings but like his armor was kind of like medieval that's interesting I, I feel like i need to i'd like to rewatch it with that viewpoint of what he's going for but I definitely, I definitely see the totalitarian and like, uh, makes you laugh at the same time kind of thing. Cause it was, it was pretty funny at some times, <laughs> like everything from the outfits to, um, some of the lines between the characters. I don't know. I, I laughed a good amount of times.
2: <laughs> Something that, uh, a word that I've learned is absurdism. Like life has no point. Everything is like super ridiculous. And that's, like, what everyone calls this movie. And it's just, like, yeah, everything about this movie is so ridiculous. And, like, <laughs> if they want to do everything, they have to start with paperwork. And they need paperwork for paperwork. <laughs> and, and it's just, like, everything makes no sense. It's just silly.
1: <laughs> well, and while, while we're on the director a little bit, did
0: he write this? It, it, it's not from a book. Terry Gilliam, Tom Stoppard, and Charles Mechawin uh, wrote the screenplay.
1: Wow. Yeah. It kind of it makes me think um, that they all like wrote this movie based on dreams that they had. Like this movie, like a lot of a lot of it kind of felt just like one big wild random dream, which is kind of like parts of, yeah, of it were, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and parts of it were. But like also, if I could totally see somebody, I don't know. Like I I was thinking about like uh, uh, dream diaries, where like I don't know if you guys remember your dreams ever. Like every now and then, like, I actually remember my dreams quite a bit, but like, I don't know, I've talked to people who like take a dream diary and they like wake up and they like immediately type everything that they know about the dream. And My
0: problem with that would be I wouldn't be able to fall back asleep and I'd just be up at two in the morning.
1: (laughs) But that's, this whole movie kind of seemed like somebody woke up and then just was like, wow. Wakes up and there's just ducks everywhere, <laughs> and there's, there's, there's this crazy government trying to rule me. I, 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 I'm Robert just, uh, De
2: Niro
0: showed Roderick, up for like
1: yeah. stalled two minutes. <laughs> he fixed my ducks and we became best friends. Look at I, Mario
0: uh, the plumber. I've <laughs> been having a real problem with dreams where I like, I there's like super realistic, and I wake up and like two days later, I was like, Wait, was that a dream that happened or was that real life? Do I need to do something? Am I in trouble? <laughs>
1: It's so it's weird bad. when dreams kind of mix with your reality for a minute. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, it's
0: it's like 48 hours later, and I was like, wait. It's usually when I'm driving when I realize, I'm like, did that happen? I'm like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure that was a dream. Or if it did, I'll find out later.
2: <laughs> Someone will tell me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Someone will tell me if I like was flying through the sky with no underwear on.
2: <laughs> okay can we talk about that for a second yeah homeboy is having dreams about this woman and he's like i want her and then he sees her in real life you know how creepy that'd be just so be like, creepy hey hey girl like i dream about you all the time
1: oh my gosh so creepy okay because that's one thing i kind of want to talk about is just like the general plot um so the general whole point of this movie like when you're talking about that jacob the general point of this movie is just at the end of the day it's a romance like that's it like it's nothing really else. Like there's a lot of like, there like it sets the scene, but at the end of the day, I feel like the only driving plot in this is just his love for this woman that he sees in his dreams. Am I wrong?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Subplot.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think that is what moves the story along, but I think the main point of the movie is like to show a dystopian future, and I don't exactly understand what he is. Like, so, with like, to make a dystopian story, right, you have to take things that are happening in our current society and take them to their furthest logical conclusion. And so, like, the one that was taken to its logical conclusion here is you have to do paperwork for everything. Like, it's like a dude that was, like, that worked in an office and was like, I'm so sick of doing paperwork and, like, wrote this movie. He's like, what if everything I had to do paperwork about? You know what I'm saying? So, like, I... and. that's there's 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 obviously more to it than just the paperwork thing that he takes the logical conclusions on like I, i i do think paperwork is the like the main thesis behind it because if you don't do the paperwork you can't do anything you can't repair your own place you can't do it like it takes your freedoms away because you have to get permission to do everything um and so i think that's kind of i guess the the crux of the where the dystopian comes from in the story but
1: yeah, see, to me, like, the, the, the dystopian, like, they, they set the environment and, like, the scene, and that's, like, the dystopian society that, like, uh, government has 100% control over every aspect of everybody's life, and information is everything. Um, and if you don't have the information, then you can't do a single thing. And that was just, like, the setting. But then, like, to me, like, the, every, the whole point of everything that he does is just to meet this woman that's the love of his life that he met in his dream. And then, yeah, like, anywho, to me, I was just wondering if there is, yeah. I To me, that that was, like, this movie is just a rom, a rom, a really, really weird sci-fi rom-drom.
2: I think Jacob said it well. It, like, keeps the story moving, even though there, like, might be more time focused on, like, just the chaos and absurdity of everything around it. Oh, yeah, get nice. that, boy. Oh, hell
1: yeah. Um, Crispy boy.
2: <laughs> is the... The, the, like, romance does keep the story at least moving.
1: Wow. See, I, yeah, in my head, it's, like, everything else kind of keeps the story moving, but he, like, the main drive is his love for this woman. I thought it was very weird that he, a, m- like, meets her in his dream and then, like, finds her in real life and then just so actively pursues her from the, like, from the second that he sees her and, like, in a very creepy way tries to find her, looks up literally everything about her, goes like through the um, government database to track this woman down just to be like, I love you. And her to be like, no, you're stopped. You're weird. Get out of here. (laughs) Very strange plot for the uh, romance side.
2: Kind of relevant though, because if like today's world, you can like just see someone on the internet and then like find everything out about them. (laughs) And then- That's true. Like- you know, you you meet someone and you're like, I know your whole story and it's like, bro, you don't like I actually have never talked to you face to <laughs> face.
1: Like if it's I had like, a dream, who is this man? <laughs> if I had a dream tonight and there's some woman in it and then the next day I saw her, I, the, the first thing I would not do is just run up to her and be like, I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> But yeah, I guess that is kind of like social media. Or maybe thing, is that, that the move?
2: Is that the move?
1: Maybe that is the move. I mean, if, he got the girl. I, I probably need to try it
0: because everything else isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> Sage isn't here to wallow in my inner depression.
1: With me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, okay, we're, it, we're
2: missing a huge thing, guys. Guys, we haven't talked about the the title of the movie is Brazil. It has, been, oh. let's, let's make sure for the listeners at home, this movie has nothing to do <laughs> with the country of Brazil, other than this one song that plays like maybe 50 times in the movie. That's, it's so catchy, but yeah, this one song he's playing and, and nowhere in the movie do they even mention Brazil.
1: <laughs> well, and that's what I thought was funny. Cause when you said it was a European film and uh, when you said that, I was just like, well, then why in the hell is it? goddamn it named Brazil. <laughs> Because maybe there's yeah this song I guess is the only thing but they don't tell us they don't set any um, at least I don't think so they don't have any setting about what city they're what future city they're in yeah no idea so that's really funny, yeah I though, I got nothing that it's European and it yeah. <laughs> killed it in Europe sucked in America and it's not even about either it's just about I wonder how it did in Brazil I can tell you <laughs> if this is anything like Brazil uh, I'm good I, don't it, to go. I
2: mean it it was pretty fun for like. As, like the only song that keeps just continuously playing in the movie like they like mix it in well and it it's like almost kind of escapism for him right because he kind of dreams his way out, out of reality and it's like brazil yeah. <laughs> also I, Lindsay's requested me that all of you guys sing the song so we can get
1: oh god i don't even know how it goes other than brazil
0: I also do not know how it goes other than Brazil. All right. We're going to do a, get a little, scenes. we could do
1: a little harmonized Brazil. Ready? Ready? I got low. I'm going to do it. I'm oh. going to do a three, two, one. And then we start ready. Three, two, one. Brazil. Brazil. That's pretty
3: good. That was sounded, terrible. Really <laughs> I'm sure night. that was awful.
1: <laughs> I couldn't even hear Tate. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, so moving, moving throughout the plot real quick. I just, I'm just kind of moving through my notes. Um, fucking De Niro's awesome. I oh, <laughs> love, cracking me up. yeah, I love that he just was a crazy man when he first comes in. He just like, looks like a burglar slash uh, some sort of like secret agent type of guy. And then he's just all of a sudden, he's like, chill. He's just like, all right, I'm just going to fix your ducks. I don't even know what his whole point and like, other than just being an anarchist, like i think it's to show
0: one guy is like can't escape the system and one guy lives outside of it
2: okay we're going big picture because here i go go, go, go. all right (laughs) this movie is about absurdity just absolute stupidity and paperwork and something you think about is there's no like real uh antagonist like there's not like specifically someone who's like the evil mastermind behind it all it's all just like the bad guys, is like just society's like
3: systems
1: mm-hmm.
2: right mm-hmm. there's nothing that can change it and then like the terrorist in the movie is de niro who's just like he's literally just fixing an air conditioner without like <laughs> changing yeah the <laughs> or like without the right paperwork and he becomes like the antagonist but like we rationalize them because he's like doing something more efficiently um but yeah it's just like pitting people versus each other because they're like not versus the system at all like his little desk you know like him and his like neighbor are like fighting over the desk but like you know they're not fighting against the system it's all just like so absurd and everything just like elevates how chaotic like, it's like
0: bureaucracy the is the antagonist. And like the first time yeah. Jonathan Price's character goes and walks into that guy's office, he's like, I only have one chair left and I'm sitting on it. <laughs> <And> I was <laughs> like, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that was so bizarre. And then thinking about the absurdity of the bureaucracy and um, all the paperwork when the lady wanted to file her uh, tuttle, buttle um, paperwork. when they were just, And the guy was just like, oh, no, see, so you got to go over to this department to get this paperwork. And she was like, they just sent me over here to get this paperwork. And he's like, oh, no, so go you got to the go. DMV. He's like, you got to go get it stamped and then you got to mm-hmm. bring it here and then we'll take you this and then we'll do that. <laughs> I I do like that, though, as far as a absurdity with, like, De Niro's character um, kind of being the only one that, yeah, lives outside. of I, I'm pulling the words that you guys said, but lives outside of this system um, and is just like, he's kind of like the... Yeah, he, but he's not really a hero. He just kind of is a rebellious um, man against this central air government. <laughs> but he, like- you want to fight for him. I guess
2: It's just how like stupid like hit like we are cheering on De Niro and all he's doing is fixing air conditioners like at the basis. like they make him a really cool character in the movie right like he's got his mm-hmm. gun and his little mustache like grappling Dragon. it's hook. so <laughs> yeah he's like <laughs> he's gliding between buildings and stuff but it's just like it's it's just so absurd it makes no sense no yeah. one's mad at like this system because they'd like like they would have to change everything
1: there's there's one lady that's mad about it it's because she lost her husband oh the,
2: yeah yeah mm. but she's Some more like like the really poor yeah <laughs> yeah
1: she's well like and, and the way that they showed it in the movie was kind of like and i now that I think about it i do like the way that they kind of incorporated the dream world into how it affected his real world like his, his reality versus him dream, his dream world because like when he was in dreaming he had this kind of like big monster that he was fighting and maybe that's uh symbolism for the government or whatever. And then like all of the chained up people that were like zombie kind of like reaching, what did you do with the body? Yeah. Like those are all (laughs) kind of like the actual people that feel the impact of this entire society. Um, he kind of sees both
0: the other kind of, I guess, dystopian part of this that he took to like, I guess a logical conclusion is he turns Jonathan price's mom, like into like a hot 24 year old. <laughs> when she was like 88. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah,
2: that was super weird. <laughs>
0: and, and her friend died from it and like just was just like crumbled.
2: The what? guy from Harry Potter and Paddington is just cutting up mm-hmm. his mom and making her hot. It was super mm-hmm. weird.
1: <laughs> so going off of this whole absurd thing, um, one of the notes that I made, which I think just kind of um accentuates this absurdism, is that I made a note that I was like this movie is, and all the acting in it is extremely theatrical. Like it almost felt not like a normal movie. It felt like I was watching a play where, um, yeah,
0: I mean, I, I think most of these guys were definitely classically trained trained. I mean, from Jonathan price, um, Ian Richardson, Peter Vaughn, um, Jim Broadbent. Definitely. Like these, these are all like super British people that like r- movie acting to them is like the way that they can continue to act in plays. Yeah. And like, that's the real acting, <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Well, and it was There's like those really good. types
0: of actors.
1: Like I've, I bought yeah, that. They oh, were all insane. Sure. And I think the, mo- the ones that have stuck out for the most was the mothers, like the two mothers were just mm-hmm. so uh, like dramatic and like their, everything that oh, they were yeah. doing.
0: There is another um actual, like, and some semi-intelligent, plot thing that we can talk about a little bit it, it it was a very minor thing and probably very easy to miss but um the one of the statues i can't exactly remember what it was but it was near the beginning of the movie it said the truth shall make you free the real saying is the truth shall set you free what do we think about why they changed that from make from set to make
1: um my gut reaction is just because their whole their whole society is built off information. Um everything is like a uh it's like a very there's no gray, it's all black and white. Um, and so like it's not the truth will like set you free. Like um, mm-hmm. if you know the truth, then you know the absolute truth and that will make it one hundred percent free. Set you free maybe sounds like a Do you know where that's from? Uh no. Harrison?
3: No.
0: So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free.
1: It's from the Bible. Maybe that's a whole thing. Like, maybe that's what comes down to a truth will set you free. Sounds like a more of a faith-based. So maybe it's like just a
2: translation thing. Maybe they're reading an old no, version of the Bible.
1: I, no,
0: I I do think it was purposeful, I, I because I think there is a... Um, I think Tate was pretty much on the right track. I I think it was purposefully done, but not necessarily meant to be like a huge, big talking point. But I, I do think there's like a difference, that difference between make and set is like the government will make you free with the truth. Whereas opposed to the truth being in and of itself. And once you discover the truth, you will then be free.
1: Yeah. I think it has to do with, yeah, their control of the information idea. And then them being the ones who make you free, mm-hmm. <laughs> not anything else. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's deep. The, yeah. Uh, we, can, we can go there sometimes, Harrison. Now let's bounce back and forth between deep and non-deep. I'm going to say my two other really absurd things that happened that I made a comment about. <laughs> um, the hats. The the hat that the woman, his mom wore, which was basically just a shoe for a hat. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then um, the the plumbers' hats. The service guys' hats—they're ball caps. Hats.
0: I wish I had a long build hat.
1: <laughs> god, that was so funny.
0: Long build hats are the best when you're on camera because you can be st- like sitting like this and it, you—it's like not noticeable. And then if you turn your head, it's just. Whoop,
3: well, yeah, because right, right off the, of the bat, like I didn't
1: notice with them. Like the yeah. first scene when they walk up to the door, I had no idea. And then, like as they show them some more, I was like, "Oh my god, those hats are horrible." <laughs> um, and then the other absurd thing that I fucking loved was the businessman. That was like, like it, it, it accentuated business world, lifestyle, like corporate lifestyle, to just its extreme. About how like a, 20 people were just following him, handing him paperwork, and he's like, yes, no, cancel that, <laughs> he's like, put two copies on my desk. But like, every time we ever saw him, he was just walking very fast and everyone around him was just throwing a report in his face and he was just like, yes, no, yes. <laughs>
2: that made me yeah wild. that was pretty wild and they're like basically running down the hallways and he's like trying to find them that yeah. was yeah pretty funny
1: another small little dumb thing I made a note about was that I, this movie unlocked two new fears one is being in a body bag that's being filled up with poop <laughs> I, I did not know that that is a fear that I have and I now do <laughs> that looked terrible <laughs>
2: top 10 top 10 fear. Yeah.
1: Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um and this other one might be a top 5 fear. Um it's a doctor with a baby mask.
0: Yeah, that was yeah. fucked up. I made a I made a note about that too. Um also, I I have got a funny line when he comes back and he's like, "I've killed you. You're gone." And she replies with, "How about some
2: necrophilia?"
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <She's> like, Jesus. <laughs> I was like, "And we're there." Yeah. <laughs>
2: that was a trip i have i have one one thing before we get to
1: before we get to the end
2: the freaking ending um a funny thing that leads into like more but so i don't know if you guys saw it so in the restaurant and they're eating like they're little like goop mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. they're like handing out the dishes and then at one point um the lady who who dies you know is all like messed yeah, up mm-hmm. and dies <laughs> when they set her plate down they take the dog and put it on yes. like, the dish thing that had me cracking up. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even before that when
0: they when they're going to the the mom and the daughter it was like should i get the one or two and he's like oh just between me and you you should get the number two and she's like um he's like just between me and you you should get the number one and I'm like, what <laughs> He's like, I'll have the steak, and he's like, say the number.
1: (laughs) I liked how it all came out as just goops of food. It made me feel like, like space. Like I feel like in space, there was like you just have like your food that's supposed to taste like some sort of meal, but like
0: dystopian space. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nasty. God, it was probably
0: made from bugs, which is where we're headed.
1: But I, I liked how, yeah, they just like took the dog away, and like none of them even skipped a beat or was scared mm-hmm. or any said anything. No, no one ever addressed it. They just like he dropped the food and then took. People the number
0: six probably ate that dog and the, the next day.
1: But I also liked which, this is kind of a like I feel like the bombings throughout the movie, um, were kind of just like a weird little subplot that they never really addressed. They just kind of said this is something happening. Um,
2: you're teeing me up like a dog. Wow, this I is exactly it. what i want to talk Shake about. Shake
1: and bake baby. <laughs> <That's
2: funny laughs> but I, I thought that that was like a, a little subplot that was like really interesting because like the first bombing, everyone's just like eating and acting like honky dory. And they like put up a partition and like basically hide all the, the rubble and mm-hmm. the nasties. Um, and I think it shows like growth with the main character. Cause later, right. There's a bombing at like the party or something mm. and he goes and he's like trying to help people and he's like, why isn't anyone doing anything? <laughs> and, and that kind of like goes on, on par with like his dreams. Cause at the beginning, you know, his dreams were like just all about him flying around, chasing this woman. And then later, you know, he was like, oh shit, there's all these people in chains. Like, what do I do? But I thought that that was, like, cool growth because, right, there's this absurd structured world that he's in and he's, like, kind of realizing how absurd it is and then teeing us up for the ending, right? Like, it's, like, peak enlightenment for him. Also insane. Just Mm -hmm. insanity. (laughs) It's, like, the peak absurdity of this insane movie is... That like enlightenment is insanity. <laughs> it was such a weird,
1: wow. Weird oh ending. my god, I love the ending. But real quick on the bombing thing, I didn't think that that didn't cross my mind about like it showing something about him and his reaction to it. Um, I do like that because yeah, like I thought that this was I thought it was gonna be a really cool subplot that um, we were gonna find out more about or like find out the uh, reason behind them bombing these random places and like maybe some sort of deeper meaning behind it never find out anything other than just they happen. And, um, and like when they happen, they didn't like, they didn't shy away from being like PG uh, about it. Like hardcore, <laughs> like they showed like the, the people that got hit by the bomb, like they showed those people like bleeding mm-hmm. and like suffering. Even on the ground. when the guy fake got shot in the head, but
0: that yeah. didn't actually happen.
1: But yeah, like that was um, very real. That was very gory. Yeah. And so like the Fall on blood bullet wound, Maybe the bombings also have something to say about that, because like it, like this bombing happened in the restaurant and showed like two tables that really got hit and they were like crawling on the ground, like and bleeding, and then it just showed the other table of his parents that were like this clearly like this rich elite um, that were just like put up a partition. They're like everything's fine. This Um, doesn't usually happen here. Yeah, (laughs) and the waiter's just freaking out. He's like, "God damn it! God damn it! Put this put up this wall." Um, But yeah, I think that so, and I think that that wow, I'm liking now more and more this like diving into some of these absurd things because when I just watched it, I was like, that's wild. That's weird. And I didn't really think much of it. Um, But I think there is something, there's a lot more behind his dreams um, and about the world that like reflect the world he's living in. Um, There's a lot more about the bombings. um, And I do like the fact that it kind of was maybe showing him changing um, instead of being like a very passive let the world happen to him. Um, to like somebody that takes action. Um, so yeah, then let's jump into this ending. Harrison kind of teed it up a little bit with the, um, the I, enlightenment. Um, and maybe, maybe what that is is just, um, it reminded me a little bit of the uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind kind of idea. W- but I, I, it, was a, it was an awesome plot twist that I didn't see coming. Like the, the transition of him being in the chair to him being in a dream was so seamless that I totally bought that it was reality. Until like some of the weird things were really happening. But we had already seen some weird things. So I was just like, oh, this is just normal. He's still like in his reality. Um, and I didn't know it up until the very moment that like they showed him just back in the chair with the doctors looking at him. I had no idea up until then that he was actually literally just dreaming that and happy as can be. That was Same. wild to me. I and loved the ending. Yeah.
0: And I do like their reactions. They're like, oh, looks like we lost him. Yeah. And that was it.
1: <laughs> Yeah, but like, cause it was like the the one thing that I was ready I was so ready to make notes on was like when he when De Niro comes and saves him I was just like oh cool I was like our our best friend the hero De Niro comes in and is like taking down the man and um but then when he gets swallowed up by the newspapers I was like okay they have some that explaining to do here <laughs> yeah I had to that rewind crazy. for that because I was like did I miss something <laughs> um. But that was like one thing that I was ready to make a note on. I was like, okay, what's happening here? I need some explanations. Um, and then it was like him falling through the casket into another like place where I was like, okay, this is getting a little weird. I'm not sure I fully understand. But then when he was somehow in the car with his dream girl driving away, I was like, oh, wow, he got out. He He made it. He did it. He's so happy. <laughs> and I totally bought it. <laughs> and then they just hit you with, this real hard truth of he never made it out. He was just his like, almost like his mind escaped, but his physical body didn't. So I don't know how you want to unpack that other than he's
0: in the matrix now.
1: But I, I think when I watched it,
2: everything had been so like insane up until then. Like I, I was just buying it. I mm -hmm. was like, yeah, he just became newspaper. It's like, yeah, he just totally portaled. And now they're in the countryside. Like I was buying it and then And like, she's driving he, a house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they just casually have cows. Um and now that I'm like spent more time rethinking about it, I'm like, what the hell was like that is all so like this movie's crazy, but like that that was wild. And then just to hit you with like that's all in his head.
1: It was kind of like insane. Um <laughs> like depressing also mixed with like happy for him. Which is I thought a really cool ending because like it was really sad to see that he like basically got like killed. Like he his like he basically sat in the chair until he went. He was like lobotomized. Yeah. Yeah. And so you feel like part of you feels really bad for him that he like was trying really hard in the end of the movie and ended up this way. But then the other part of you was like I'm actually honestly pretty happy because he like dies with a smile on his face. So yeah. I don't know. It was kind of like weirdly, um, a happy ending with being so sad.
2: Yeah. It's like he found peace inner peace, by his own little
3: happy. By farm his own his like brain. dream.
1: Yeah. yeah. He always did love the dream world, which I didn't think that was cool. Like he, mm-hmm. yeah. he would love to go home and dream. And it's like he could control it. Like I don't know if they have like some sort of technology or whatever. That anywho, but it seemed like he was excited to like go home and dream his dream of his woman, and then he wakes up and goes to work, and like he just worked, 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 worked because he could go home and have his dream girl.
0: Um, Yeah. All of the automation stuff in his house looked miserable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just never working. Did you guys guys see him throw sugar in his (laughs) (laughs) coffee mug and drink it and then go? (laughs) that was funny yeah but like so one real quick like thought that i did have when i was like thinking about how they were going to explain who de niro was i had a quick thought before i saw the ending ending of the film that de niro was just going to be an imaginary friend the whole time like that he he didn't actually show up and like fix his things um and like maybe he did actually do himself but any and because like every time you meet de niro nobody else is really around so i had this idea yeah. that maybe and like when he comes down and saves him with his like pals that's when i was kind of like oh maybe this idea is shot a little bit but then when he like disappears in the newspaper i was like totally could be it <laughs> but i thought that that could have been cool but i still like the ending yeah
2: right yeah
1: it was like <sighs> that is such a cliche
2: with like a lot of movies oh this is all a dream and i hate it But like in this instance and like the way they built up the super Mm -hmm. crazy movie, like it was weirdly satisfying. (laughs) It was like, yes, this crazy dystopian world continues to keep churning and he is just like found peace in his dreams.
1: (laughs) Well, and it's like he didn't find like he didn't know where he felt his happiness. Like I feel like De Niro felt like knew what made him happy and it was being a rebel to the system. And then, like, obviously, there's a lot of people that like, were within the system that knew what made them happy just because they were being sheep. But um, he, like, didn't really fit into either one of those. And so, like, mm-hmm. his, the only thing that really made him happy was just, like, being, like, in a dream state. Boobs. Bros. Boobs. <laughs> flying, flying amongst the clouds and fighting weird demons. Samurai, man. Yeah, yes. samurai, giant samurai, man. Oh, <laughs> well, that was the other part that, like... Oh, maybe there's something there. I'd love to talk to the guy <laughs> who wrote this and see if there is anything there. But like when the concrete grabbed him and was like, "Help me," <laughs> or something like that. I was like, it made me laugh, but I was like, "That's fucking weird." <laughs> I how long was this movie? It felt it's so long. over two hours. It it was yeah two
0: twenty. Because I think was two twenty. Oh, I should mention two twelve. There are three different cuts of this movie. Wow. Well. Um,
2: I read that somewhere, and I was worried that we were going to get different ones. But yeah, I, I watched it on Amazon. Sponsors.
0: I watched it on Apple TV Plus. Let's see. Yeah. so there is a director's cut that is two hours and twenty-two minutes. There's the theatrical cut, which is two twelve, and there is a TV cut, which is an hour and thirty-four minutes.
2: Ah, mm. uh, see, I heard that. Yeah, I was when I was researching, and I was like. Oh god, there's multiple cuts. I heard that not to watch. It's like make sure you watch the long version. So I'm glad we all watched.
0: We watched it the medium long. length. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah,
2: but it wasn't like excessively cut.
0: Yeah. All
2: right, let's let's punch this into the 21st century. I you know have been mm-hmm. reading more into this because this is like a never ending hole for me, right? Like it it's got this weird like culty following from the 80s, but I'm reading that this has had. Um, influence on uh, movies such as Tim Burton's Batman. Uh, I could see
0: that. I could totally see that how Gotham is set up in that movie. And that's, that's still funny. the 20th century, by the way. But.
2: Well, I'm, I'm, bro, I'm getting there. Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, the Ooh, that's a bad thing. Canto Bite. Canto
0: Bite. Canto Bite.
2: Similar to Brazil because their ambivalence of the wealthy in the world uh, falling apart. But. Other things I thought was great was it talks about also reference to Loki because mm. if you guys watch Loki, right? Like it's a sci- sci-fi bureau- bureaucratic mm-hmm. little world. So I can totally see that.
0: Yeah, I can but. totally see that for Loki. Um, that's a good segue. This movie was nominated for two Oscars, oh. one being Art Direction. It lost to Out of Africa, also nominated The Color Purple, Ran, and Witness. Um, it was also nominated for writing, screenplay written directly for the screen. It lost to Witness. Uh, other nominated were Back to the Future, The Official Story, and The Purple Rose of Cairo.
1: Those are two very appropriately nominated mm-hmm. <laughs> categories for this movie. Art direction and writing. <laughs> I kind of wish it would have but... If,
0: if it would have uh, been nominated for the Making Sense Oscar, that would have been a not good nomination. <laughs> are you ready for a hot take? Hot. Utopia hot. and dystopia are the same thing.
1: Wait. Shit. Dang, it's good. Shit.
3: Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> think, really, th- really got a but think about like stories that are like set place in a utopian society, like The Giver that's a utopian society. It's not dystopian until the cracks start happening and they figure out what's actually going on. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's harder to say that a dystopia is a utopia, but I totally believe that any, any take so far on a utopia is also a dystopia.
2: I think, I mean, I think Jacob, yeah, like 16 year old IB is coming out of it. Like that's right. It it comes down to like, freedom personal freedoms and if those are taken away for the benefit of society or dystopia can be like blurred lines as much as they're opposites like they're you know on a spectrum and they're touching it on fringes so yeah this is like for some of those people this was a great place to live (laughs) a lot of the people it was a terrible
1: place wow his mother fucking loved this place (laughs) she thrived in this society and i like so the technical
0: definition is an imagined place or state of things in which everything is perfect um and so i guess technically the like the technical definitions of utopia and dystopia are not the same but utopian when people make utopian stories it's actually a commentary on how like they're actually dystopias so
1: yeah. Right cuz well, a utopian like, story wouldn't be very entertaining. Truman Show definitely. I'm trying to think yeah, of other movies that are like kind it, of utopian. It,
0: there there's there's no story that you can tell in a utopian society, right? Cuz for a story you need some sort of conflict one way or the other.
1: Okay, hot take here. He left his dystopia to be in his utopia.
0: Yes. More or less. Yeah, I mean
1: Yeah. Maybe not by choice, I, but you know, yes. like, and like, okay. it, it, if,
0: if he had to choose whether his like body just like would never move again, or like, like always be running away, I think I my guess would be he would choose always running away. I would choose always running away.
1: Well, like, yeah, as far as, uh, he's, he escapes the society with his dream girl. That's like his mm-hmm. utopia. And that's to him. That's like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. That's his pure happiness. And he left his, yeah.
2: All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Right? I was, I was trying to play on the truth will make you free, right? I was like, oh, at the end, like, he's free. But, right, like, the truth isn't making him free. It's like his lies. His mm-hmm. lies are making him, quote, unquote, you know, free. Mm-hmm. And it's just, maybe that's just playing back into the absurdity of it all. Nothing's supposed to make sense. <laughs> Everything's chaos.
1: Yeah, he was not made free. He set him, he didn't set himself free. He was set free.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Again, was he mentally? <laughs> <laughs> He's lost. He's gone. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the 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 whole eternal sunshine of the spotless mind idea though, where it's like
0: Yeah, you referenced that earlier and I remember very little about that movie.
1: <laughs> uh, well, just the the whole point of like the poem and like the that title is like the forever happiness um when you are uh ignorant of everything, when you just you're basically just yeah. You don't know anything, so nothing can harm you. You're eternally happy. So that's like to me, that's what his kind of story is. Is like he was eternally happy for having a literally a spotless mind for him, having nothing yeah. going on in his brain. Yeah, but totally. it's kind of sad, kind of happy. Don't want it to happen Here's to some... me yet. Maybe someday. <laughs> um, what?
0: <laughs> I yeah, I don't think I ever want that to happen to me. I prefer
1: i'm getting super old no put I, me in my happy zone and make me zone out like he does i think suffering is a
2: good thing all right, all right sage
1: um <laughs> As a <kiss> so <laughs>
2: <laughs> here's, a fun, here's a fun thing to talk about guys this is a guy like loosely playing on night you know themes from 1984 mm-hmm. and it came out in 1985 that's like kind of a fun like mm-hmm. i don't know if they waited until that <laughs> time frame but like the scheme of things lining up. That's kind of fun. And it's almost a uh, play on similar themes from a book that was written like, I don't know, was it 30, 40 years earlier? And we're watching it now and it's still relevant. And like, I can, I can watch this and be like, Oh my God, I have to do so much paperwork. That's so mindless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: speaking of 1984, there's an interesting little snippet um, under when you, google brazil movie under people also ask is the movie brazil based on 1984 gilliam has stated that brazil was inspired by george orwell's 1984 which he has admitted never reading but is written from a contemporary (laughs) perspective rather than looking to the future as orwell did
2: he (laughs) quite noted that
1: yeah this This man is absurd he he should
2: be like face of absurdism he's like i based it off this book i never read yeah same
1: dude <laughs> like what he's a total wild card and i love it <laughs> this is based off this yeah but i never read it god that's great Just
2: chaos. it was
0: inspired by this he's like oh so what did you think of the book i don't know
1: mm-hmm.
0: never opened it
1: <laughs> never read it
0: <laughs> heard a lot of people talk about it though
1: made me think <laughs> I could write a movie.
0: Their discussions were really good on it. I was like, that's a good premise for a movie. I'm going to do it.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: I, I just feel like, yeah, when you take my initial thoughts, I was like, this movie was chaos. I don't think I would have ever watched it. The longer I talk about it, I'm like, this might have been a good movie.
3: Yeah.
2: And, like, have you guys looked up what its ratings are?
0: Um, I glanced at that. I haven't.
2: Insane. It's like ninety. 90- eight rotten tomato, 90% audience score. Like people love wow, it. People love it. Yeah. The casual watch. This is not, so, not a recommend, no. but you
1: want to think <laughs> <You> wanna, <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is the movie for you. <laughs> uh, Sage, if Sage watches this before he hops on his flight back from Europe, he's going to, that's going to be a rough 12 hour flight. <laughs> Sage is going to
2: spiral. and I love <laughs>
1: it. He's going to jump out of the plane.
2: <laughs> Brazil.
0: All right, from the aggregators, a seven point nine out of ten on IMDb, a ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and an eighty four on Metacritic. I've got my score down.
1: Um, Thank, you. Thank God.
0: Before talking about this, I was I didn't exactly know where I'd go if I just like watched this by myself, like you guys are talking about, and like didn't really think about anything and think anything through. I would probably give this like a forty. I am not giving this a four. <laughs> I am giving this an 83.
3: Wow.
1: Major shift up. I like the absurdness, but yeah, 83. I like this thing. I'm glad that you said that because I was in the exact same boat. When I, when I finished watching it, I was just like, wow, what am I going to score this? And I, like, my initial <laughs> reaction was just like, oh, probably like a... 50 or 60 like it wasn't something i want to watch again it wasn't something like i was like yeah i kind of liked it i guess there's certain aspects i liked i didn't even know what to talk about it um but as you kind of like with this type of conversation with you guys whether you guys bring up points or whatever um, just getting into these deeper conversations about the meaning of the film i love the absurdity in it and i love the um maybe like deeper dives into the character's I think it was a really cool story. And hearing more about the director, too, and his um, take on it and what he was trying to make, very cool. Um, And now I'm actually kind of excited to rewatch it. (laughs) So based on, like, those, I really liked it. I'm going to go with an 80.
2: Yeah, similar to you guys, I think, like, it's only improved the more I've, like, simmered with it. I think if I just like watched it casually I would have been like this is insane. And so like getting to like think about it a little bit more and and let it resonate with me I was like wow this is actually like a pretty like it was funny at times and seriously like, it was a good movie but then it like makes me think more afterwards which is uh yeah I make, think that makes it enjoyable. I'm going with one more than Jacob 84 on the on the ratings.
0: All right, so that is going to be an average score of 80 80- two and it is my pick next um this is a recent addition to my um watch list for this podcast pick list for this podcast um this movie came out in 1995 um Good year. is, yep directed by michael mann starring robert de niro wow al pacino val kilmer John Voight, Ashley Judd, the Allstate Man, Natalie Portman, William Fitchner, Hank Azaria. It is Heat.
1: Ah, I've heard of Heat. No, wait, that's a newer movie, Heat, or The Heat. What's the one with Kristen Wiig? Oh. That's that's different. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that is different. Um, Isn't that one called The Heat or something?
0: Yes, it is. Um, well, thank God we're not watching that. This one sounds a it's, lot better. Oh yeah. Sage probably wouldn't watch it. Sandra Bullock's in it. It's Sandra Bullock and, uh, Melissa McCarthy and Michael
1: McDonald. Oh yeah. He would hate that movie. Maybe I should. Yeah. <laughs> nice though. <laughs> be All right. Fun. So heat,
0: um, yeah. a group of high-end professional thieves start to feel the heat from the LAPD when they unknowingly leave a clue at their latest heist. Love a good heist. Top rated movie number 113 on IMDb. Wow. Dope. Harrison, do you have anything you would like to plug?
2: Yeah. Hashtag GD for GD. Always my babies. Turkey uh, sponsor me.
0: <laughs> Anybody sponsor me?
1: Thanks, boys.
0: Yeah. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to reach out to us, you can email us at gd 4 ampodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at gd4gd.movies. You can follow us on Twitter at gd4gd underscore movies. And leave us a five star rating on Spotify. Leave us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if not, I want to fill your space suit up with poop. <laughs>
2: uh, what? <laughs> I love that. I
0: don't know what I'm going to do. I, I can't beat oh, that. This movie gave you so many. I, I know. I'm just, I, I'm dead inside. I'm going right to tear up your ducks. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to expose your ducks. Oh. All right. We'll catch you next week at the
2: movies. See?
0: I have time for this shit. Do you know how stressful of a like two weeks I've had? We haven't had internet since I went on vacation for one day. I leave one day and our internet just breaks.
1: That's brutal. Uh, well sorry, Jake, to put you put you, sorry to put so you sorry to put you through that. That was, that was, so was enjoyable though for us. It was, fuck me
0: <laughs> oh and my refrigerator broke here. <laughs>
2: look what i have
3: (laughs) dude you're like like
2: living in the movie yeah wow